Welcome to the Calvary Assembly podcast with weekly messages from Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. We are finishing our series, Pre-Decide. We've been doing this for about seven weeks now. It's crazy. Uh, We've just been talking about how to make better decisions because better decisions create a better what? Life, right? We make better choices. Life goes better. So we've been talking about how to pre-decide, decide ahead of time how to make great decisions. And so kind of our line we've been saying throughout the series is when I'm faced with this situation, I have pre-decided to take this action. And so we've been talking about a couple different areas. Uh, we talked about um, how I'm ready, ready for temptations. When temptation comes, I'm going to make this decision. I'm consistent. When I want to be inconsistent, I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to make this decision. I'm going to be devoted. I want to be a fully committed follower of Jesus. I want to be generous. So when I have an opportunity, I've predecided to be generous with my time and my resources to make better decisions for Jesus, right? Uh, I'm talking about I've been, I'm going to be faithful. We talked about that last week. I'm going to be faithful with my relationships with people. I'm going to be faithful with the talents God has given me. And today, we're going to finish out by saying we're going to be a finisher. We're going to be someone who finishes the race well. I read a story about a guy who, he was a single guy, he was in his mid-30s, he was a lawyer in a big city, and he was into all the hustle and all those things, and he just got burnt out. He just said, I'm done. I am done with the legal profession. I'm done with all the noise. I'm done with all the irritations. So he took the most drastic step he could think of. He joined a, a monastery to become a monk, and it was a monastery of silence. Some of you guys are saying, that sounds amazing. But uh, So he went in there, and he joined, and they said, now, Understand, you're only allowed to speak two words a year. So on the anniversary, every year of your coming in, you can speak your two words. So choose them well. You know, so he, he went through his whole first year. He kind of got acclimated. And his anniversary came up, and the, the head monk guy came up and said, all right, it's your anniversary. You get two words. What do you want to say? He said, bed's hard. So he said, okay. Uh, so he, he made it through another year. He got to his next year, and they said, all right, here's your two words. What do you want to say? He said, food bad. And so he made it through another year. He got to his third year, and they said, all right, here's your two words. What do you want to say? He said, I quit. And they said, well, I'm not surprised. All you've done is complain ever since you've been here, right? So how many of you know that sometimes we want to quit this race, don't we? You ever been tempted to just quit this Christian life? You're just, you're just fed up. You're done. Or maybe you've ever been tempted to just say, you know, I'm done with my family. I'm done with my marriage. I, I want to quit. You know, I'm I'm done parenting. I, I, just, I can't take it anymore. We, sometimes we get to those spots. But guys, we want to say, we want to, be, we want to be committed. We want to finish this thing out, right? We want to finish this thing out, right? Yeah. Yes, thank you. I was like, wow, I'm, we do need to hear this, right? We want to be finishers. And guys, I remember when I was in Bible college, we read a book for one of my classes, and it's called Finishing Strong. And it was just a book about this exact thing, about finishing the race. And this guy in the book, now it was a book for people who were going to be pastors, you know, fully committed. I want to follow Jesus with my life. I'm going to follow Jesus vocationally. I'm going to give him everything I have. And this guy in this book, he said, when I started ministry years and years and years ago, I took out my Bible and I wrote the names of all my friends who were also pastors with me in the front of my Bible. And he said, over the years, as they would drop out, I would scratch their name out one at a time. 
And he says, as I got closer to retirement age, that list had gotten really, really short. It's because they, they just quit. They, they couldn't take it anymore. And guys, if, if this is happening to pastors, and we were actually at a, a session this week, and they said there are hundreds of pastors a month quitting the ministry. If that's happening to pastors, do you think that's also happening to people in the church? Yeah. So guys, we want to be, we want to be faithful. We want to be generous. We want to be ready. We want to be consistent. We want to be devoted. We want to finish well. If you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Timothy chapter 4. We're going to read what Paul has to say about this. And again, if you have the Version Bible app, if you have that events tab there, all your notes and the verses are in there as well. But bless you. 2 Timothy chapter 4. So a little background here, a little context. Paul, the apostle Paul, had in his ministry travels, he met this young man named Timothy. And he saw in Timothy potential. He saw in Timothy a calling. He said, I, I really believe God has called you to be a minister. And so he talked to Timothy's mom and his grandmother, and, and he joined Paul in his missionary journeys, and Paul trained him, and Timothy became a pastor. And so the books of First and Second Timothy are books that Paul wrote to his young protege, Timothy, about how to live this life. And as he's writing Second Timothy, Paul's writing this from prison. Now, we, we understand that through what Paul is saying here, that Paul is at the end of his life. He realizes my race is just about done. Paul had appealed. Uh, he had been arrested for preaching, and he could have been set free, but he said, I appeal to Caesar because I really feel like God wants me to talk to Caesar. So uh, we don't know if he actually got there. We know he got to Rome. Uh, we know that Paul was in prison, and he's at the end of his life, and, and some commentators actually believe that at this point that Paul is writing this, he knows that he's been sentenced to death. And so he's writing this, this kind of epilogue, this emotional epilogue to his young protege, Timothy. And look at what he says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, starting in verse 5. He's telling Timothy, as you preach, there are going to be people who don't want to hear what you have to say. There are going to be people who follow their own desires and their own ways. But he says this, but you, Timothy, you, you keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. So he's at the end of his life. He's saying, Timothy, finish strong. Keep doing what God has called you to do. And guys, through the ages, Paul is telling us today, keep your head. Keep doing what God has called you to do. Finish strong. And he says this, as for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I finished the race and I have remained faithful. Man, guys, don't you want to be able to say that at the end of your life? I fought the fight. I finished the race. I have remained faithful. That's what I want to be able to say. I hope I can say it now. I'm, I'm running the race. And some of you are saying, I'm really tired of this race. <laughs> so I'm just kind of tired right now. I need, I need some little encouragement. I want to, but I want to finish strong. And guys, that's my prayer for us today as we finish out this series, that we would finish well. So Father, I pray today as we Look into your word that you would help us today to finish the race well. Some of us are, are just starting the race. Some of us are, are getting towards the end where we can see the finish line. Some of us are smack in the middle. But Lord, help us to finish the race well, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So how do we, how do, we do this? How do we finish this race? Well, there's a word that I think is really important. So... Uh, there's a lady named Angela Duckworth. She's an author. She does some TED Talks. And, and she wrote a book called Grit. It's actually the name of the book. It's a great name. I think of John Wayne every time I think of Grit. But there's a movie called True Grit, if you haven't. 
But um, so she was doing this survey. She said, what do you think separates people from these people who live amazing, potential-filled lives and those who are just not quite as fulfilled? What, what's the difference between people who really live well and those who just kind of muddle through? And, and she said, well, it's not their intelligence. That's good, because not all of us have all that, right? It's not our social standing. It's not our financial situation. It's not our connections. It's not our, it's not any of those things. It's, it's perseverance. It's sick-tuitiveness. You ever heard that word? Sick-tuitiveness, it's just, I don't think it's even a real word. Spellcheck didn't like it. But I think it's just sticking with it. But she, she did this big survey of people who succeeded in the military, people who succeeded in business, people who succeeded in education, and she asked what the qualities were that they thought helped. And the number one quality is grit, which is defined as the strength of character that refuses to quit. If we want to live this life well, if we want to make great choices, if we want to keep following Jesus, we have to be willing to be gritty, to stick with it, even when times are hard. Having that that strength of character that refuses to quit. And I love this line she said, enthusiasm is common, but endurance is rare. How many of you know a lot of people start well? A lot of people, you know, we're really good at starting diets. We're really good at starting budgets. We're really good at starting things, but we're not very good at what? Finishing. (laughs) We're good at quitting sometimes. And so, Enthusiasm is common, but endurance is rare. So how do we finish this race? Well, first, we need to identify unfinished business. Identify unfinished business. Find things in our lives that aren't finished. There's a a guy named David Allen. He wrote a book called Getting Things Done, and it's kind of like the productivity master plan, master class. I mean, he's really good at this. And he said this. Much of the stress that people feel doesn't come from having too much to do. It comes from not finishing what they've started. And guys, I think sometimes our problems come because we start so much stuff and then we don't finish. And what do we feel in the middle? Tension, right? We see all those things laying around our house that aren't done. All those things that aren't finished. And you know, it causes frustration. It causes anxiety a little bit. Uh, my wife is a checklist person, man. If you want to meet someone who loves checklists, my wife is the queen of checklists. She has them all over the place. And I can see her sometimes. She'll come home from work and she's smiling. It's like, you got a checklist done. It's like, yep. She's like, I checked it all off. I love it. That's her thing. She loves it. So we need to find things that, so we need to identify what we need to finish. In Revelation chapter 3, Jesus is, is talking to the church in Sardis. And he said this, to John, right? To the angel of the church in Sardis. These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you're dead. Wake up, strengthen what remains and what's about to die, for I found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, what you've received and heard. Hold it fast and repent. But if you don't wake up, I'll come like a thief and you won't know what time I will come to you. So he told the church, you guys need to finish. Finish the race. Finish the race. Finish what God has called you to do. So some of us have stuff in our lives we need to finish. Maybe we need to finish mending a relationship. Guys, there may be a relationship that God has told you you need to go fix. You need to apologize. You need to receive apologies. You need to work on that. Maybe we need to work on our marriage. Maybe God has been telling us to invite a coworker to church, and we just haven't done it. Maybe God's convicting us to work on our health or start a new hobby or 
Work on that vision statement for your family that you heard about you haven't done yet. Maybe God has encouraged you to start giving and you haven't done that yet. Maybe he's asked you to serve in a ministry team or start a business or surrender some area of your life or take a risk. But what has God told us? And I really believe some of us are sitting here right now, maybe sitting at home watching, and, and God is reminding us of something. I told you to do this years ago, and you just haven't done it. I know people who get towards the end of their life, and they'll tell me, Pastor, one of my biggest regrets is I never did that thing. I really feel like God told me to do this, and I didn't do it, and I regret it. Guys, I know people that have gone their entire lives, and they've struggled, and they've struggled, and they've never been fulfilled because they never surrendered to what God told them to do. And so don't be that person. If God is calling you to do something, identify that area you need to finish, and then identify the result of finishing the task. Well, what would happen in my life if I did it? What would happen? How many other people would be blessed if I actually did this thing God told me to do? What would I gain? What would my family gain? What would my future gain? Who would be blessed because I did this? I love it. in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 10, Paul's talking to the church in Corinth, and he said this. He's talking to them about an offering that they were taking for churches in the area who had undergone a famine. There were Christians in another country who had suffered a famine, and, and they were really hurting financially and uh, physically because they couldn't get enough food. And so he's talking to them about taking an offering, and they just hadn't got it done. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, he said, Here, here's my advice. It'd be good for you to finish what you started a year ago. Some of you need to print this out and hang it in your kid's room or your, your husband's, you know, or your wives or stick it in their car. It'd be good for you to finish what you started a year ago. Last year, you were the first who wanted to give and you were the first to begin doing it. Now you should finish what you started. Let, your, let the eagerness you showed in the beginning be matched now by your giving. Give in proportion to what you have. Just that I would love it if you would finish what you started. You would be blessed. And he's saying other people would be blessed because down further he says that the result of that would be they would be giving thanks to God for what these people had done. And guys, some of us have things in our lives that God has told us to do. We haven't done it. Maybe God has encouraged you to, to give towards something. Maybe God is telling you to start something. Maybe God is telling you to get involved. Maybe God is telling you to, to mend a relationship. And if we would just surrender and just do what God has called us to do, great stuff would happen. But guys, some of us are stubborn, aren't we? Oh, man, I'm stubborn. I am. And, and that's, that can be good. That can be bad. Some of us stubborn people are the ones who finish because we're just too stubborn to quit. And there are others of us who never get stuff done because we're too stubborn to start, right? So we need to use that result. Find what God is telling us we need to start and then find what God is telling us we need to finish and what would happen if we finish. And then secondly, we need to identify the consequences of quitting. What happens when we quit early? What happens and we understand that grit helps us identify what kind of person we want to be. Guys, grit helps us understand what kind of people we are. How many of you know an athlete who started a sport and then quit? Anybody know those people? How many of you know someone who started a job and quit before they even really got started? Amy has people who, who get hired and never actually show up for the first day. They, they don't even make it through training. Well, we're, we're those parents. We tell our kids, if you start a sport, you're going to finish out the season. I know a lot of you are the same way. You're going to stick to it. And I remember I was reading a story about a guy, and uh, he had gotten, gotten on this team. He started this sport. It's, no, it's nobody here. But uh, they started this sport, and they got hammered their first, their first meet. They just got tore up. 
and they wanted to quit. And they said they had they'd gone to college to do this, and they said their coach, their high school coach, actually showed up at their college, and they sat down with them, and they said, this is the moment that's going to help you decide the kind of person you want to be. They said, are you a quitter or are you a finisher? Because they were having a pity party. Oh, I got destroyed. And he said, suck it up and finish. And he did. Because he said, that was a critical moment for me because I had to figure out what was in my heart. What kind of person do I want to be? And grit helps us understand that kind of person. Are we going to be those who finish the race? Are we going to finish the race? I love Acts chapter 20, verse 24. Paul says, my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me, the work of telling the good news of the wonderful grace of God. He said, my life was worth nothing unless I do what? Finish the race. I finish this thing that I started. I finish this thing God has called me to do. So we understand grit helps us identify the kind of people we want to be. And we understand that and this is huge. Every good decision is a vote for our preferred future. Every time I don't quit, I'm getting closer to where I want to be. Because most of us have this idea of what we want to be, right? I want my marriage to be one of those marriages that last 50 years or more. I want, I want my this. I want to last. I want to make it. And some of you are saying, 50 years? Holy smoke. When did I ever get there? Yes. I know a couple that have been married 70. It's amazing. Um, so I want to be one of those marriages that finishes. I want to be one of those families that raises godly kids. I want to be one of those workers who makes it all the way through to retirement and get the little watch, right? I, I want to I be that guy. I want to be that girl. I want to be that one that finishes. My son has this really cool goal. He wants to be a 12-sport athlete. When he graduates, he wants to get that pen that, or that whatever that's 12-sport. He wants to do it. He wants to do three sports a year. And it's tough because there are times he's like, oh, I'm so tired. Um, but he wants to do it. And we've encouraged him, finish, do it. We all have that. So, and every time we make a choice not to quit, we're getting closer. Guys, some of you, when you got married, you stood up there and you said, I'm going to do this till death separates us, right? And there have been times you wanted to quit. But what happens every time you don't quit? You get closer, right? Every time we, we say, I want to be one of those older saints that can say to the younger kids, I've finished the race. I've run the race well. I've finished strong. Every time you don't quit, you're making that decision. Just like Paul. And we understand that correct priorities help us finish. Correct priorities help us finish. There's this really cool story of a missionary that he was over in, um, or he's down in South America. He was in the mountains of South America, and he'd been there a long time working with his tribes. And um, he was getting, he gotten old enough, he was going to retire, so he was coming off the field. And so the, the little church down there where he'd been working all these years had a little party for him. And there was a little old man who lived in a village on the other side of the pass, and the missionary had gone there on, like, uh, in a speed light vehicle, and so when he was retiring, they were doing this little party, and this older man showed up, and he knew, the missionary knew, if you walk from this village to the other village, it was a two-day walk. This guy had no transportation, no way to get there. He showed up at the party with two coconuts, and he gave these to the missionary. He said, this is your going away gift. The missionary said, you walked two days to bring me these two coconuts? He said, the walk was part of the gift. And so he said, "My, I gave up these two days as part of the gift for you. And guys, correct priorities help us finish the race. When we have that in our hearts, doing the right thing, it helps us finish. I want to be faithful. I want to, I want to hear Jesus say, well done, that good and faithful servant, like we talked about last week. I want to get there. These priorities help me get there. We know that God created us 
to do good works. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, Paul says, you are God's masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Guys, we know that God has things for each and every one of us to do. Paul says you were created, you're a masterpiece. He created you to do these things a long time ago. So we know that he has something he wants us to do, but we have to have the grit to finish out the race, even when times are hard. We want to be a finisher to get to that point. We have to be ready. We have to do it. And here's the thing, guys. If you get anything else out of this, please understand this. When we quit, we're allowing another priority to take precedence over Jesus. When we quit, I'm allowing my comfort to be a higher priority than what God has called me to do. When I quit, I'm allowing other things to come into that place that's supposed to be God's, right? So we need to understand that correct priorities help us finish. And then we identify the reasons that we're finishers. Why do we finish this thing out? Well, we finish because we follow the example of Jesus. Jesus finished. He did it. When he was betrayed, he stuck to it. When he was lied about, he stuck to it. When he was turned on by the crowds that had just days before been shouting Hosanna and throwing their cloaks on the ground, and they all turned on him in the trial, and they watched and they mocked when he was crucified, and Jesus finished the race. And at the cross, what did he say? It is finished. He finished the race. And because Jesus did it, that same power lives in us, right? We can do it. We can finish. Because he did, we can finish out. And listen to what the writers of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. It says, Therefore, so we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy waiting him, he endured the cross, disregarded his shame. Now he's seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Listen to this. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you've not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. He said, we can do it because Jesus did it. Because that same power is at work within us, we can finish this thing out. So guys, I know some of you are facing things I could never even imagine. Some of you are facing enormous obstacles. I understand that. Some have obstacles from their families. Some have obstacles in their bodies. Some have different things. But we can finish the race because Jesus did it, and he gives us the strength to do it, right? This writer, Hebrew said, look at him. He finished. So we understand that we, we follow the example of Jesus, and then we never run alone. I love that he said you're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses it's kind of this picture of being in an arena and all these people who finished the race before us are up there cheering us on. Some of you have grandparents who prayed for you every single day and now they're in heaven and they're watching you run the race. They're up there saying, let's go. Get it done. Keep plodding along. We've got some cross-country runners here. I don't understand it. I, I run because I need to run, but I don't enjoy it at all. And these guys kind of enjoy running, you know. And, and the whole time I'm running, you know what I'm saying? Breathe. Breathe. Like, keep going. <laughs> another step. Another step. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. These guys are smiling, running along, you know. I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. But they keep doing it. They endure. Why? Why do they keep going? Because there's a finish line, right? They'll get there. 
They want, they want to cross that line. And guys, in this race, we want to cross this line. And you're never alone. Guys, you have a church family surrounding you that wants you to succeed. Why do we do men's Bible studies, women's Bible studies, youth, kids? Because we want to encourage each other in this race. That's why we do in-home life groups, because we want to encourage each other in this race. I love this, this video. Then in 1992, in the Olympic Games, there was a runner named Derek Hammond. He was a favorite to win the 400 meter. He was, a, he was a fast dude. And as he was running the race, he pulled a hamstring. Actually tore his hamstring. And I'm going to show you what happens here in the video. It's a, this is a good one. So he finished with some assistance. I love that. I wish I could have heard what the dad said. <laughs> Get off. But we're finishers because we never run alone. Guys, you have a church family who's alongside you. But more than that, you have a heavenly father who's cheering you on. You have the Holy Spirit within you who's given you the strength to do this last thing. He's given you strength to commit to take the next step. Commit to take the next step. Now, guys, I know some of you are sitting here this morning saying, I... I want to do this. I just don't feel like I have the strength. All you have to do is do what? Take the next step. And then take the next step. And then take the next step. You keep going. You don't have to do it all at once. Just keep taking that next step. We have to commit. Say one more prayer. Have one more conversation with that person. Take one more walk. Make one more phone call. Because here's the thing, guys. We see that finish line way ahead of us, and sometimes we just get tired thinking that, don't we? Man, am I ever going to get there? 
But you know what happens when we make one good decision, a small one, and we make another good decision, and make another good decision? What starts happening? Those things pile up. And then we make great results because we made small decisions. And guys, that commitment to take that next step every single day, guess what happens? You look back, you say, wow, I've come a long ways. And many of us can look back at our past and say, you know, I remember that person I was when I came to Jesus, and I'm not that anymore. Because God is working in me. Because I refuse to quit. The Holy Spirit is changing me into what he wants me to be. And some of you, if, if we had known you back in the day, we wouldn't even recognize you, would we? I love what Jeannie said about the ladies who came in and their, you know, their countenance was down. And, and then the, you see them a few days later and they're just totally transformed. Why? Because God is at work. And guys, when we commit to take that next step, he keeps working in us because we're giving him the opportunity. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come up this morning and